Hello, thank you for joining me. This is Bridget Usher. Today, I want to discuss the Irish abortion referendum that happened a couple of weeks ago. Now, you probably already know this. A couple of weeks ago, about 66% of voters turned out and voted to change the law on abortion in Ireland. And if you're somebody who believes that abortion is cruel, is wrong, you might actually be upset, confused, maybe even angry that this happened. So, I want to discuss this. I want us to talk about this. And I know you've probably heard different reasons why this might have happened. And people have looked at it from the political angles, financial angles, economic angles, you know, religious angles and all that. Um, I'm going to be talking about this from my own angle. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I've worked with women for several years, you know, around issues of natural fertility. But most importantly, my viewpoint is going to be that of a 21st century Catholic woman. And my opinion is that women are just tired. And by that I mean they're tired of having things decided for them. They're tired of having things told to them, you know. And, well, frankly, I don't even think it's just women that are tired. I think people are get, getting tired across the world. Because if you look at what's been happening in the political realm, you know, you see what's happening with um, Brexit, you know, we've been seeing very shocking election results across the world. You've been seeing things that, you've been seeing um, pushback against traditional institutions, like even news media, you know. Take for instance why something will go viral on social media, even before we hear it on, you know, the proper new, the traditional news channel. People are saying no to institutions that have told them what to do, have told them what to, how to behave for a long time. And I think this is no different. But before we start going you know, into other, other reasons why this might have happened, the first thing to ask, I think, would be why would a woman choose to end her own pregnancy? Because we know that it is wrong to take a life under any circumstance. And most women know instinctively that when they get pregnant, from the very first day they discover that they're pregnant, they know that they're carrying a baby. I don't subscribe to the idea that maybe some women don't think that that's the baby until it's about 12 weeks or 6 months or 3 months or whatever it is. Because instinctively, I believe very strongly that every woman knows the minute she's missed her period and her test result is, is positive, that she's carrying a baby. And that is why we're excited and we're happy as if we want a baby and then we're not happy if we don't want a baby. So I believe that the woman knows that she's carrying a baby. But why would she now choose to end that baby's life? You now there are many reasons why this can happen. And I think this will help us to understand why that, that um, vote went the way it did. The first reason is women want to be able to choose if she's not feeling healthy, if, she's, if she feels that her life is in danger, her health is in danger. And she might not be able to carry that pregnancy to 10 because of that. So it's a matter of, I'm not taking care of myself, I need to survive. Maybe she has been raped. So if a woman has been raped and then she got pregnant as a result of that rape, it becomes really difficult for her to carry that pregnancy because she's thinking of the trauma that she sustained as a result of the rape and how it looks like she's not breaking free from what happened to her. A woman could be, you know, thinking she wanted she wants a choice to end her pregnancy if she's already struggling and she's up to her limits or she believes that she's up to the end of her, her she's at the end of her rope maybe she's struggling financially she doesn't have enough money to even take care of her kids that she already has or 
you know, manage herself or live in a place. She doesn't want to be a burden on the state um, for benefits and things like that. Maybe she's struggling physically, maybe she's struggling emotionally, because I think sometimes when we want to, when we're thinking of babies, we're thinking of, you know, being able to feed that baby, clothe that baby, you know, provide shelter for that baby, which are all very important. But we forget also sometimes that there's a, an emotional attachment to raising a baby, to carrying a pregnancy through and to raising a baby. So a woman who is already, you know, feeling drained, who is barely hanging on to her own sanity, either because she already has kids that she's taking care of, or she's trying to combine work and her relationships and so many things, and then she finds that she now has a baby she needs to take care of, it can push her over the edge. Maybe because she knows that she might lose her job. We know that even though this is the 21st century and there are laws in different countries now trying to safeguard women's rights at work, we do know that some women still face discrimination in in the workplace. So as long as once you get pregnant or you're a mom, you know that your work your your job might not be secure. You know that even if you do get maternity leave and maternity pay, it might not be enough to, to help your family. And if you're already struggling before, you know you're gonna struggle more with an extra mouth to feed. And the thought of that is just overwhelming. You know, there's there are different reasons why women who deliberately decide to have a choice to end a pregnancy because it's not, I strongly believe, and I might be wrong, but I strongly believe that most women do not go out to get pregnant so that they can abort their babies. I think it's that they found that they had to make a difficult decision to end the life of a baby because they know that they cannot cope. And, that, and the decision in Ireland to change that law is to say, we are tired of struggling on so many points, fronts. Let me have the choice to make this decision. Now, my fear... For us because now i know abortion is a grave thing it's a wrong thing i don't believe that it's the right thing to do to, to have an abortion however my fear is that we might end up being like the hypocrites or the pharisees that jesus was talking to about in the bible you know the pharisees who gave people heavy burdens to bear and they would not lift a finger to help them so we're there telling women don't have abortion, it's wrong, you're killing the life, you're killing this, you might go to hell and things like that. But we're not there to rally around her, to help her to make those decisions. You know, so the question I would ask you and I would ask myself is, if a friend came to me now and said she was pregnant, what would I tell her? How would I support her? Am I going to make her feel stupid? You know, she's a single mom. She, 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 she the, the man doesn't even want the pregnancy, she has to do this alone. Or... You, you already have three children. You already have five children. Why do you want to have another one? Why did you even get pregnant in the first place? Are you stupid? Don't you know what to do? And things like that. What kind of, what kind of support will I give? Or would I not give, give any support? And let's remember that supporting a woman and giving her you know, a listening ear and supporting her, calling her up, giving her things to support her during her pregnancy, the first few months of her pregnancy, is really not enough. She's going to carry that pregnancy for nine months. She's going to have to raise the child her, the, her entire life. But we know that the, mo the most difficult part of raising the child will be the first few years of that, of that child's life, at least. So it means that the support that she needs is not just a few words of comfort and encouragement. We're looking at emotional support. We're looking at physical support. We're looking at financial support. Not just for one month, not just for six months, not just for one year, but for two, three, four years. Now, I'm not saying that we, 
you and I have to do all that for four, three, four years. But if a woman felt supported enough to know that if she did make the choice to hold, to have her baby, she would get some form of support for the first few years of the baby's life. I think it might be easier for her to consider holding on to that pregnancy and not taking the life of her baby. But maybe it's not enough to ask what we'll do if a friend came to us and said she was pregnant. The question is, what are we doing to make sure to make sure that women are not placed in that kind of situation. So how are we helping them to understand the right time to have sex if they want to avoid a pregnancy? You know, so you're ma a married woman, you, 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 do you, how do you support her to be able to know that this is the right time, her natural cycling? How are we teaching women how to track their cycles? You know, how are we teaching women to stand off for themselves if their husband demands sex in their fertile period how are we teaching women to stand up for themselves if their boyfriend insists on having sex with them and the woman, and the girl wants to say no you know how are we telling them because you know it's easy to say if he if he doesn't want it's easy to say things like if your boyfriend doesn't want if want sex and you don't want it let him go he's not the right guy for you that leaves an emotional void in her life that makes it difficult for her to go again and start looking for relationships we need to support women and give them the courage to be able to do these things you know we need to help her to understand what happens when she is at work and she knows that she's going to lose her pregnancy she has she might lose her work if she carries her pregnancy to term you have to keep fighting for women to be able to stay in the workplace and get you know funded through the, the really difficult first or two first first year or a couple of years you know into her into her baby's life you know who is ready to support these women before they get pregnant? So that when they do get pregnant, they, they know that that support is still there. Who is ready to fight for them when they get pregnant? Who is ready to help them when they get pregnant? The people, the women, the people who voted yes in that abortion referendum, they are seeing these realities, they are seeing these problems, but they are not seeing the solutions. And maybe they don't have the, the faith that you and I might have to be able to say, if this happened to me and I have an unplanned pregnancy and an unplanned baby, I know things are going to work out somehow because I know everything works out to good for those who love God. Maybe they don't know that. So I think it can be, easy, it can be so easy for us to stay here and say things like that without understanding that it doesn't always work like that for other people. So the next question will be, how do we give women the moral courage? Apart from giving them the support that they need financially, emotionally, and uh, you know, physically, what about the moral courage to understand that they can bear more obstacles, obstacles that come their way if they do decide to have kids, those kids, you know? And I think that we will not do wrong, we will not go wrong if we can think, what would Jesus do right now? He may not be happy. He's not going to be angry that the abortion law, you know, was, was voted to, you know, people tried to vote to change it or, or whatever, you know, but he's, I think he will look at things from a more compassionate, you know, way and say, how can I help this woman? How can I support this woman? Just like he supported women all through his life, you know, and I think that that is what we should think about doing. And the question will now be, what are you, what can you do today? What little thing can you do today that can make a difference? Because Maybe we can't change all the laws. Maybe we can't provide all the support, but maybe each and every one of us can do one little thing together to make a difference. I know there are a lot of opportunities for us to get from this, the, the, the result of this referendum. 
I think, for instance, about the fact that sometimes having laws are not enough. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm happy that the law has changed. But let me paint a scenario for you. Think about a teenager who lives in a home where the parents are saying, you shouldn't go out after 6 o'clock at night or 7 o'clock at night. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't go with that friend. They, 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 do, they, are, they are bombs or whatever. And the girl or the boy is at home thinking, oh, my parents are so unfair. Why don't they understand that I need to do this? They feel restricted. They would do things that the parents don't want them to do because just because they feel they believe that the law is unfair. Now compare that to a situation where a teenager um there's more flexible rules. There are more flexible rules in the in the house. The teenager understands why those things are wrong. He's supported and educated to understand why those things are wrong. Now he may make one or two mistakes, but he, he understands and he's learning and he's growing. The laws don't hold him down. He now sees those laws as guides, as like guidelines of things, how he should behave because those things are there to help him and to support him to do the right things for his own good. Now, for his own, you know, for his own good. Now, let these two teenagers leave home, maybe go to college or university or, or, you know, just leave home or go to work. Which of these teenagers will be better equipped to make life decisions? Which of these teenagers will do the right thing? On, without their parents' supervision, the second one because he understands why those things are wrong. He understands that he was, he's been, he's been taught, he's been supported to be strong and courageous to understand that these things are good for him. Contrast that with someone who has been hedged in by, who had felt hedged in by laws all his life. The minute he steps out of those, you know, the, the home or that, the, the 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 protective eye of his parents. He's going to want to do anything he likes and he might get into trouble. So my point is, let's not focus on the laws changing. Let's focus on equipping women to make the right decisions for themselves. Let them educate them to understand why this is really, you know, to make the right choices for them. Why, you know, abortion might not solve their problem. It doesn't equip them morally. It doesn't equip them. It doesn't give them more um, um, freedom financially and things like that. We should teach them how and support them because honestly... I think people are tired of being told this is the right thing or the wrong thing. We support them to make the decisions that are actually good for them. And we might find that there will be fewer abortions in Ireland than when it was actually legal to, to, to get an abortion. Because then people, even though, because honestly, if you do know that this is not right for you and you know that you don't need it, even if it's available, you will not go for it. So let's not focus on so much on the fact that abortion is now might now be legal and to some extent and things like that. Let us focus on giving women the choice, you know, the choice to um, make the right decisions, regardless of what the law says. So if we can work together, you know, together to make that difference, to support one another, I think that we might find that the law changing might not make so much of a difference. Please, if you know any woman, well, I'm sure you do know some women, please forward this podcast to them. Share this podcast with them. Let them know that they are not alone. Let them know that they are being heard. Let them know that they don't have to resort to drastic measures, or, you know, to, to change their circumstances or to, to empower themselves, you know. And if you, you know, I, I have been working with women now for several years, like I said, with natural fertility and helping women to build you know, beautiful families while they are having excellent careers and making an impact in the world. Please, if you have not been to the Shirmama website, I will leave a link below this podcast. Please make sure that you do. Just check check that website. See if there's anything that can support you yourself in that journey so that you're not walking alone. And, you know, share, share it with your friends as well. 
But and lastly, um, thirdly, not the least, if you have a project or a venture or a product or something that you know will genuinely support women in every aspect of their lives, please get that project out there. Please get that product out there. Please get that venture out there. Let's change this world. Let's support women. And if it's something you think I can help with or can collaborate with you, please send me a message, babies at shirimama.org, and I will gladly, you know, I would love to hear from you, you know, because I think it's our time. I believe very strongly that it's our time. This is a movement by women for women and for the whole world. You know, I want you to join me. Anyway, so this is Bridget Oshoi again. Thank you for listening. I will be here again next week. And in the meantime, take care and God bless. Bye-bye.